All right, ladies and gents, it's your buddy Gavin, filibuster freestyle. Saturday, October 17th, a rainy Sunday morning, Saturday morning, just said that, rainy Saturday morning in Boston. Check it out. One second. Sorry, I got distracted there, but I'm going to leave it in because that's our buddy, Andy Maslin, pundit of the show, just texting in. He and I are actually in the same city at the same time. We're both in Boston right now. He's here for the wedding of a relative, and we wish his sister and her new soon-to-be husband the best. Anyway, Andy and I are going to have a little breakfast today, which, you know, how often do we get together with our friends who live in other states for breakfast anymore? We don't because of the global pandemic. Anyway, people have been asking me, Gavin, filibuster freestyles, crack research team, they're a hoax, right? You don't have one. And you're probably like, oh, wow, this is the moment when he's going to admit that he doesn't have one. Actually, we're going in an absolutely different direction. I'm going to uh, give you a little bit of insight into the crack research team and what goes on behind the scenes at the filibuster freestyle on a weekly basis when we think about topics that do or don't see the light of day as a podcast. This will be one that is, is kind of topical this week, was incredibly topical last week, was kind of topical two weeks ago, and before two weeks ago, you never would have known what we were talking about, and neither would have we. And so we decided, you know what, we're probably not going to bring on any guests to talk about this, but I am going to read the banter that went between our crack research team who was pitching ideas for podcasts. Not, not to prove that we have a crack research team, but just to give you a glimpse into what we do, what they do, how they help us pick topics for the show. So give me one second. I'll be back. Let me get a character. All right, so this, this text is between two of our crack research team members, okay? So this is from October 10th, a week ago. Text. I think I've got a random pod idea topic for us. The skateboard viral video with Fleetwood Mac Dream soundtrack, a.k.a. the Dogface, by the way. We all know who Dogface is by now. They said, there's a Fleetwood Mac take. There's a keep doing what you'd love doing as a performer take. Hashtag props to Dogface. There's a society ruining an awesome and surreal moment by co-opting it for their own benefit take. There's also a Gavin's cousin works at Ocean Spray take. It could be a quick pod. So that was sent a week ago. And just to give you a sense of how we do things around here, the reply, which came right away, was there's definitely something there. Full stop. And then the person wrote back to the other person, because, again, two people on the crack research team going back and forth. I've just been given their texts now. Seeing Jimmy Fallon parody the dog face take made me so mad for some reason. This all happened within three minutes of each other last Saturday morning. Nothing in response. Crickets until last night at 7.30. And somebody says to the other crack research team member, regarding your ocean spray take, the only alternate version of it that is acceptable is the Mick Fleetwood one. The others are garbage, but at least Ocean Spray gave him a truck. First of all, lot to unpack there in one tweet, one text, but 100% true. Mick Fleetwood could do whatever he wants. He was the drummer on this track that set off the craze, right? And we'll get into Fleetwood Mac in a minute. Ocean Spray, you know what? They've put the guy, they gave, they gave the guy a truck, that's great. Now Dogface is in a, a TikTok commercial, which is how he got famous, quote, in the first place and made the song re-famous again, etc. Anyway, so that came like six days after 
the Jimmy Fallon thing. So anyway, person A says, yeah, Mick can obviously do whatever he wants. It's his jam, so 100. And the truck is nice. And also, he's now a TikTok commercial. Hopefully they paid him for that too. He deserves it. Complete serendipity. The guy makes a thousand videos, you know, ballpark, and finally hits the perfect vibe, song, and scene. And if you go back to like two weeks ago, this is me now riffing, not reading. If you go back to two weeks ago, that video was cool because it was a beautiful sunny day. He's on a skateboard. The vibes are right. The music's right. The scenery's right. The ocean spray chug is perfect. And then he starts lip syncing to Stevie Nicks. So it was perfect. But then you learn more about Dogface, the TikTok artist, and he does dancing videos, skateboard videos all the time. So again, the serendipity of, of he's been doing this because he loves it and he's good at it. But then people took notice. Anyway. Second text person, who took like five, five, six days to get back from the first person initially, they said, it's like being torn. He gets good stuff he deserves, but tons of social media clout chasers are grifting off of him at the same time. Totally true. To which the response was, yeah. Essentially, the artist gets exploited, but ironically, the initially exploited artists, Fleetwood Mac, get a resurgence. And by exploited, we assume their initial record deal was not fair to them as artists. In response, the person writes, works out great for them. I listened to that whole album after that because I hadn't heard it in forever, but there are so many people who discovered Fleetwood Mac for the first time due to this video. The response, exactly. A bunch of 70-year-old, a bunch of 70-year-olds got a star push for their grandchildren, to, or for the, you know, to the grandchildren for their original fans. Sorry, it's tough to read people's text. And then the person comes back. <laughs> But I refuse to watch the Jimmy Fallon version because I don't like Jimmy Fallon, which seems like that could have been a response <laughs> from like the original text thread seven days earlier. Non sequitur, going in a different direction. Plus, it's not like they were a one-hit wonder. They were excellent. So all these kids discovering Fleetwood Mac just found an effing jackpot of content, to which someone responds, that album is hit after hit after hit. And then basically, someone writes, Dogface was their effing hype man 50 years later. And somebody says, it's an absolutely amazing album. And then we write, yeah, the album is fire. Arguably the greatest album or one of the best, and one of the best acts of the 20, 20th century. But they're popping off in 2020 like they're a K-pop group. Because by the way, K-pop groups are wildly popular right now, especially due to TikTok, multi, multiple facets of social media. Complete... 180 on the text thread. Unrelated, the Houston Astros are on the verge of pulling a 2004 Boston Red Sox. I dislike the Rays. I loathe the Astros. But if you're in Major League Baseball, the Astros pulling this off and going to the World Series is gold. They're the villains of the league. And again, because they got in trouble for basically sign stealing, using microphones, etc., to cheat their way to steal signs at a whole new level. Someone writes, can you imagine the ratings implications of Rays versus Braves instead of Astros versus Dodgers grudge match? So basically Major League Baseball is looking at the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, who don't have a lot of fans. The Atlanta Braves, who definitely have fans, but they're not as heavily followed as the L.A. Dodgers. And then you get the Astros, who are basically the wrestling heel of baseball right now. Person writes, storylines for the latter would be perfect. But the Astros winning this whole thing after sneaking into the playoffs with a losing record, plus being spared from having to deal with fans the whole season in terms of the fans just being 
completely loathsome to them or, or loathing them so much that they're being terrible to them. Not great for the game. Someone says, I will say, playoff baseball is gripping. The Astros stunk all season and didn't have to face the music. That will carry over if they win the whole thing, but not in a good way for the league, to your point. And someone writes, the Astro, if the Astros win it all, I want Alex Cora back with the Red Sox next season, and I want to see him just have an effing bloodlust grudge against the players who turn their back on him. And then someone writes, see, that would be sweet AF. I definitely want Cora back. Someone writes, I want him back regardless. Somebody else writes, I feel like a chotch hating, ownership, hating an ownership group that earned four World Series trophies. Somebody wrote, they should have hired Corey yesterday. It's an absolute pure win for the franchise. So naturally this group will somehow F this up. Somebody wrote, but if uh, they were such dinks to fire Cora, so they agree. Someone wrote, I would, I would enjoy either a Houston collapse tonight, which did not happen, they forced a Game 7, or play Game 7 tomorrow and lose in crushing fashion. They write, a painful loss would be great. And then someone wrote, let them get 90% of their swagger back, and then, boom, screw you, your season is done. So anyway, let me take one second. I'm back. For those of you who think that we just come up with this by ourselves, and there's no crack research team, there's a little proof that we have a crack research team. Also a little insight into the Fleetwood Mac, Dogface, Ocean Spray, TikTok, masterpiece of the last couple weeks, viral masterpiece, and then, of course, some takes on the Astros, the Dodgers, and naturally, at the filibuster freestyle, we always make it above Boston sports, so the Red Sox. Thanks for listening. Filibuster freestyle.